Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of 100 Podcast. I'm your host Itai Schechter, joined here by Reza, V and Nick uh, for episode 29 and we're talking about MVP today. MVP, minimum viable product. I'm... I have a lot of stuff to talk about in this episode just because I've seen the common mistake. I've seen, you know, how some people do it right and we can talk about MVP. Yeah, I think we'll we'll start by defining MVP. So as you say, minimum viable product and essentially is the first thing that you take your idea from and then start to create it. To, to form it into something uh, in the real world. So in startup, you'll hear uh, MVP a lot because it's a common thing that as soon as an entrepreneur has an idea, right away people are like, have you done an MVP? What is your MVP? Because it's, it's a crucial stage for you to properly test the market and, and see if there is uh, a market for your product. And if you take a step back, the reason is most startups come up with ideas that they're solving a problem that nobody really thinks about or that problem is brand new. So it's different than starting a restaurant. Restaurant business or anything like that it has been done before, it's guaranteed. Uh, but a startup, you don't know if yeah, anybody's out there. Yeah, you have to test your hypothesis in, in a way. I mean, of course, you'll have to do some market research before and know where you are aiming uh, before you even build your MVP. But assuming you have done that, you have your idea, you need to test it out in the real world and you need some sort of product for it. But as the name suggests, MVP should be the minimum. And uh, it's uh, harder than it sounds to do a minimum product because... Yeah. You know, a lot of us, when we have big ideas, we, we think big and we want to, you know, see a perfect product in the market and I need the, the coolest feature and whatnot to, to be able to operate it. But that's one of the common mistakes for startups. I'm assuming that your idea is something that you haven't, nobody has done it yet and, and it's the first time somebody's doing it in the world or the way you're doing it is the first time. Something about it should be different. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's really crucial to find whether the mass audience would want that product and also if there's a market for it. Nick, uh, you're coming to our podcast for the first time. Welcome. You've always been behind the scene. Second time. Yeah, I was there on the first... like shortly yes, after. Yes, the yeah. first time we did a quick interview it to was introduce you. format still. Yeah. 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 Um, Nick, uh, tell us what, what you know of MVP. So I did a uh, fashion course for two semesters, uh, so eight months, where we were looking at sustainability in fashion uh, locally. And the second half, we had to come up with a business idea and come up with an MVP. Um, It was hard, even for something that was a concept, because we had to do, they, because this is my last year, so they expected us to do the full-on market research to actually make a prototype and go out and test it and get the user research, actually build those prototypes and give it to people. Um, and the way I look at it, for people who are not business-minded, the easiest way to think about it is, it, like, it really is a prototype. You need the smallest base case of what will make your idea work. Without any of the bells, whistles, nothing. The smallest base case of, like, yes, this does the job. Yeah, it's all about testing the core of the hypothesis of your product and the value you bring. So. Uh, it's fine to have big ideas and you know features that you want but that brings me to our next segment which is like uh, common mistakes 
when building an MVP and what to avoid. So Reza, um, what- So one of the main thing people overlook is, um, it sounds very simple, but when you get into it, it, it gets complicated, is that focusing on the problem and solution. So um, that is the core of every business. You have a service or product that is a solution to a problem that is in real world. And defining it correctly and finding traction in that, that is the main point of an MVP. It should just address that. And I've made mistakes. I'm gonna go over them uh, shortly. I've made mistakes. I've seen other people are making common mistakes. This is like something that every entrepreneur goes through at some point. Everyone does it. And I think uh, mistake number one uh, would be over features. Yeah. Uh, we already kind yeah. of mentioned it because yeah. that's the most common mistake. Yeah. You you build something, you packed it with unnecessary yeah. features to test your yeah. your product really. Yeah. Uh, and each you know extra feature is time, is money, yeah. it's more development, it's more resources. So I think that's the the common mistake uh, which I all made myself as well uh, in my startup. And uh, for sure, uh, thinking about it now, there are some features that will let go uh, during our MVP stage that were just nice to have, really unnecessary. I think that's a main uh, common mistake that people build their product uh, to what they want it to be, and they forget that an MVP could start a lot more lean. Um, num- mistake number two that I've, I went through myself is wrapping it into marketing um, kind of uh, gimmicks because I've, I'm I come from a marketing background and I want the product to look good, to be on brand, to communicate well. And then a couple of months later, you don't know whether it's the marketing that is selling or it's the actual product and you can't distinguish those two. So if I go back and do my product again, I would do an MVP without any gimmicks and marketing. And once I see the traction, then I add marketing on top of it. Okay, I think another common mistake, uh, mistake number three, is not having a defined uh, budget going into this. You know, your MVP should be really defined in in, uh, some sort of a budget term, uh, and otherwise it just becomes something that could be a black hole that you add to and add to and add to. You really want to know, okay, what you are going to spend, maybe spend half that, because for sure you'll, you'll have some bug fixes, you'll have to do some QA, Uh, You'll have to create more features from the result that you are witnessing. So I would definitely... that's something I've, I've, been, budget. I've been guilty of that. I had a just a loose budget in my head and I went double that budget, um, you know, at the end. And I was like, wow, either I didn't do a good job of researching whether that was an appropriate budget to set or I didn't have the correct guidelines and I just went with I the product. I think you can never really know. So yeah. estimate the budget in a way that you would and then double it because you'll need more, you always need more. There is always something to fix. And of course, it's not just you're building an MVP and that's it. You're building an MVP, you're putting users through it, you learn a lot from it, and then you have to make the necessary changes. Uh, as we talked about mm-hmm. in so many of the episodes here, it's not just about you know building an MVP. That's yep. it. I'm yep. done. Yep. Finished. Absolutely. No, the work just starts. So leave yourself with something to fix the crucial uh, and uh, prioritize also your bug fixes. I'm still running with some bugs right now that mm-hmm. I'm just low priority bugs. Mm-hmm. That's not a big deal if uh, 
a one in a thousand user will encounter a minor uh, bug in, in the system. It's all about prioritizing. Common mistake number four, uh, I believe, is the misconception of somebody's going to steal my idea. A lot of people have ideas. Chances are out of seven billion people, somebody thought about your idea. So it's all about execution. And, and people start building and building and building their product and they don't want to show it to the world and they get surprised when nobody's buying their product because they've never even showed it to anyone. Yeah, we spoke about it uh, on a few episodes already. Um, that's definitely a stupid mistake, not just with MVP, with anything. I mean, not sharing your idea yeah. or asking for people to sign an NDA just to hear your idea and those kind of stuff uh, that are common. Uh, for early founders, but don't really mean much. So uh, we definitely... Worst case, I think, when it comes to idea is asking close friends and family, and they're fueling your biases because they just want to say you're, you have a great idea. You have to go out there and ask the people who are going to open their wallets and pay for your idea. Even I've, I've seen a lot of freemium products, freemium SaaS services, they go and test their MVP with free users and they love it, but they never turn into a paid user. Go find the paid user and see whether they, they're going to do it or yeah, not. Yeah, for sure. And another common mistake that we just have to number put five. out there, mistake number five, is the platform that you use. Mm -hmm. um, easy to make the mistake there. You have iOS, you have Android, you have web, assuming it's a digital product. Uh, and uh, really choosing the right platform to start with and also within the platform, the right development platform to choose, uh, it might be a bigger deal than you think. And it goes back into market research mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and know how to time it and really choose what you start with. Maybe iOS is good enough. Maybe you don't need a native app. Start with web if you can, if it makes sense. So uh, it's a really uh, important decision before even starting to develop mm -hmm. the MVP to choose the right platform based on your market and potential paying users. So I think uh, it's like a chain. It goes hand in hand. Your target audience, your product, and obviously the platform and all that. So throughout MVP, the, the, the whole idea is for you to test different products, different markets until you find the right product, problem solution, and the right market. Because sometimes you have the amazing product but you thought certain people would like it, but it turns out some other categories of uh, audiences, they like it a lot. So you change, ca you change target audience. Or sometimes when you dig deeper within your existing audience, you figure out they, they have a different problem than you thought and you change the product. So MVP is the amazing time that you can do pivots on target audience, marketing, messaging, the problem solution. That's that's when you have the freedom and the agility to do all that. Yeah, the, the one thing that you will have trouble pivoting around is actually the platform. So make sure you are choosing the best one. Yeah. And I would assume you can only choose one for your MVP. So if your product is going to be a native uh, app, uh, I wouldn't do it for iOS and Android at the same time necessarily. I would choose mm -hmm. one of them mm -hmm. which has more of the market share mm -hmm. uh, within your paying customers and then test it over there and show that I can scale, mm -hmm. maybe then raise money to to develop the, the Android yeah. app or the iOS app or the web app or whatever it is exactly. that may be. So yeah. uh, I would uh, argue to choose one 
platform that makes the most sense to start with. So Nick is here as, as on, you know, on behalf of you guys as audience. Um, Nick, comments, questions? Um, so, you know, I'm no expert when it comes to business, but uh, the one thing I do remember that was an issue for all of us uh, as students was uh, not outlining our core, what the core concept of our product was. Yeah. Um, and that caused a lot of problems because we were too ambitious and we were like, aiming for a whole bunch of different things and adding all of these things and then we'd be six weeks in with four weeks left and all of a sudden we have to change everything because we just wanted to we were over ambitious which is not a bad thing but it can muddle the initial process um and the other thing was um made, a lot of us made a product for ourselves which will never go down good because if you're making a product for yourself you are going to only want to make it with the features that you want not with what the market would want, and then you'd be stubborn to change things around when there's clearly like, if uh, if A is the core concept according to you, but feature B is what the market wants, mm-hmm. you don't want to switch, it's just not going to work out in the long run. And, and a lot of ideas came from that, that you started with, you know, uh, not finding a product for yourself, and you saw a problem and you started, but you have to be uh, researching whether you are representing a bigger audience or not, or, or you're just a small person. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, share some stories from, from OVU. So I started OVU with um, not a conventional MVP type of thing. I wanted to run with it. And the reason was I saw Apple announcing NFC support on iPhones. And I told my developer, I was like, before you know it, there are 12 other people doing this, and I don't want to wait and test and landing page. I'm going to be behind the curve. So I jumped on it with you know something beyond MVP. We had the uh, finished product. We had the finished card. An MVP on that stage could have looked like a landing page, a white NFC card, just a simple card, and uh, literally a profile that was copy-pasted from another type of a template. So we didn't go with template. We custom designed the profiles, mistake number one. Mistake number two, I bought a printer and, and, and did the production line with pa- correct packaging, correct card, all that. So that was an investment. Uh, and, and, we, and, and mistake number three, we did a full website and videos and, and all that stuff. And it got me to a point that I halfway stopped myself. So I didn't go full uh, doing the full professional website and videos, but yet I spent some money on UI and design and and whatnot. Um, It turned out okay just because the product did have attraction and did have some customers out there. But going back, if I wanted to to do it again, I would have gone leaner, faster, quickly find, find the market. Um, that was my mistake, my story on MVP. Yeah. What about anywhere? My mistake was uh, in the, uh, probably still in the MVP stage, wanting to develop Android too soon. Mm -hmm. Uh, And at some stage at the beginning, we did start developing Android way too soon, where we are still at MVP stage and we could go way deeper into having more user at iOS. Uh, until we realized, okay, let's stop this and focus more on the MVP. Let's learn from the traction. Uh, and now we are still at the point where 
now we we are uh, developing the android after we learn so much from the audience do you have a dynamic that uh, someone in your company wants to do more and somebody else says let's take a step back do you have that dynamic? Uh, i have that dynamic with myself yeah. i always want to do more i yeah. always come back with features i think uh, last night i dreamt about some cool feature woke up written yeah. it down and i was like yeah we're going to do it but this is how it works for me. Yeah. Um, now I have learned that yes, I, I'll I'll have those features for sure. I'm already not at MVP stage, but it's still that MVP mindset. It's about prioritizing when the time is right to implement those feature really, because every feature is an investment. Every p- feature is uh, spending more money and resources and time. Yes. Uh, over other features as well. So in Ovu, um, the, the, the guy that I work with, it's been a year, I, I gave him the title of team, a technical team leader because there's a team working behind him, uh, underneath him. Uh, he, I built a really good relationship with him that um, I have the dynamic of I want, you know, um, features, I want new things, iOS app and, and thinking big. He's the more realistic person that keeps telling me, Reza, focus on this right now. Um, and, and he says it politely. He doesn't say you should. He says, my, my thinking is you should focus on whatever. And, and if, um, if the time comes, we can do other stuff. And then I get convinced and I'm like, okay, I'll take a step back. Yeah, it's, it's always coming back, uh, even if you already have a, a product in the market or you're about to uh, create your first MVP, ask yourself about each and every functionality mm-hmm. and each and every feature that you are thinking about. Does this really necessary? Does this really worth the resources uh, I'm planning to invest in, in this piece? Yes or no, that's okay. But also, if yes, prioritize it. And then you'll have a list with priorities that, you know, the first five, six, ten priorities are mm-hmm. super clear and you should go for it. But priority number 32, Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Uh, let's get into what is a correct approach to MVP. Number one, I think, uh, is that boil down. You like down. the YouTube format. I know. We, sh- <laughs> we should come up with something that later we can clip in in highlights because people don't have the, don't have the stomach to watch the whole thing. I mean, some do, but rest of us don't Uh, (laughs) number one i think you should boil it down to a problem solution as basic as possible like when i look at airbnb or the pitch deck from uber it's super simple it comes down to one sentence this is the problem we are solving and these are the people we are solving it for those two are very important early on and you build on that yeah i i I think that today, uh, 10 years ago, it would have been taking more resources to develop MVP, but today really it's a commodity. You can really hire people that are, you know, all over the world, do it for cheaply uh, and necessarily, uh, depending on your budget, you can decide the platform, you can decide, you know, what market uh, you're going to be in. You can use platform like uh, Upwork. You can, you know, partner up with a co-founder that is a, uh, a developer, you can find uh, many ways to develop your MVP relatively for cheap. And, uh, you know, the, the aim is not to, to develop an MVP and that's it. The aim is to develop an MVP, test your hypothesis, learn from it, 
then something is going to happen. Either it's going to work great, which never happens, so that's not going to happen. <laughs> and the other thing that's most probable is something will happen, you learn from it. It could be a positive thing, Absolutely. it could not work, that's also fine. You will learn from it so much that you can take your MVP, adjust it, and test it again and see how it goes. So I think today it's uh, pretty achievable relatively quickly. We have all the tools we need to do something like this. Yeah. Do you want to do number two or should I do number What's two? What's number two? Of how to approach MVP. Do it because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> number two, research, um, re be realistic with your numbers. I think it's easy to research it online these days. If you come up with an idea of there are this many people looking for this product and it has 120 billion dollar market and if I get one percent of it that's a wrong approach you have to be realistic how big is your MVP market or your product market it's way smaller than you think just because there are you know billions of uh, dollars spent on taxi uber doesn't say we have this big pro uh, problem they focus on their segment their target audience their city the, the target audience for uber uh, in the first year was only uh, black uh, taxi in style. san francisco yeah. the ones who are going club so the correct limo way services in san francisco that was the initial that market was the, that was the market and and they were focusing on that yeah. the other thing about realistic numbers are go look at average conversions if a website converts at two percent on an average you have to be realistic when with your numbers you go like okay if we spend this much money on advertisement and seo blah 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 blah, blah they come to the website and if we get one percent conversion or one and a half percent if you go like 20 percent conversion then all of a sudden your numbers are wrong you're, yeah. you're so yeah i mean first it depends uh, if if you're uh, doing e-commerce or something like that you should also do an mvp for sure uh, you should expect to convert less in the beginning, obviously, because, I mean, you don't have any data, you don't have any uh, leverage uh, in terms of, you know, buying media. Uh, but you should always uh, take this approach. And on the other hand, if you are a growth startup, uh, you should obviously not expect profitability from your MVP, but you should, you know, prove your hypothesis to take it to investors, show them the machine and the potential for scale. Number three, uh, the third thing you should do is that an MVP stage, you need to, um, forgot it. I forgot what I was going to say. Number three. <laughs> I had it at the top of my mind. Um, oh, number three, guys, number three. You don't need an app. Chances are 99% of your ideas, you don't need an app. A lot of people talk about their ideas. They're like, I need an app to do this. I'm like, well, can you do it in text message? Can you do it through manually through Craigslist? Airbnb started with Craigslist. Uber started without an app. They were just texting their drivers and text. It was a text service uh, type of thing. If you can do a web uh, solution, that's the best. Get creative. There's there are hundreds of tools out there from Zoom, email, um, you know, Google Forms and website and landing pages. If you can do it without coding. Do it. It's cheaper. You get the validation. Once you you find the problem solution, then you can automate it through an app. I'm not sure if it's realistic to do it completely without coding because still you need to test your own IP at the mm -hmm. end of the day. 
but I like what you say, take existing tools, integrate them together, take existing solutions, yeah. don't reinvent the wheel, uh, and then, you know, test that uh, for sure. So what I did, even though, um, I don't know how big of an MVP was, but as soon as I had the idea and developers were thinking about, you know, sketching the, the design of the web application, thank God we didn't do an iOS app or anything. We just did a simple web application. But I quickly went on Wix. I created a landing page on Wix. I uploaded my VCF file on a different website that could be downloaded. And that was my profile. And I had a um, white... NFC card from Amazon. I, I made it, you know, I, I coded it. And then I went to a conference and it was my white card. I tap on a Perfect. phone. That was MVP for Reza. It is MVP because now, it works. It shows exactly. the, the entire flow. What I didn't do was make that for other people because I could have easily print a QR code sticker and give it to somebody else. I just did it for myself and then I proceeded with the product. Yeah, you wanted to see the reaction from yeah. the people. Yeah, Makes you able to show something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it also like look at what we did with this when you brought me in. That first uh, time we came to record, we brought in all of our shit. Like yeah, whatever we yeah, had, exactly. and we're like, this works, this doesn't work, this doesn't work, and exactly. we put something together. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Still, we are at MVP stage, as you can see. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We're still at MVP, MVP stages. But if you can leverage, there's Wix, there's Zoom, there's so many platforms online that you can pick and choose between them, put them together, and try to come up with a with a product that you can test. Um, that's the best way. And a lot of people are like, if I do that, then people are going to steal my idea. No, they're, they're not going to steal your idea. So, uh, yeah, I want to go to the next segment, sure. which we kind of touched, but I want to dive a little deep into it is, okay, I built my MVP. I did the research. Uh, I choose my platform, the budget, everything is fine. Now what? Mm -hmm. This is before building your MVP after. or after? My question before we dig deeper into this is when do you know your MVP is working and you need to proceed? When, when, what's the signal? How much traction is traction? I mean, even before you have any traction, you should have your product tested to the level that you wanted to test it. So your MVP mm -hmm. should work in the end of the day. Uh, even if it's a simple transaction, it should work before you test it on, on real people. Uh, and then when, when you test it and it works, go and take it out to the real world. So I'm going to bring up again my example. Those 100 events I went, it was such a blessing because I got to meet more than almost 1,200 people that I showed the card in one form or the other because in, throughout the 100 days, it's so funny. I went from a white card to a metal card to a, a actual plastic, the card that I have today. Every time I said, how much would you pay for this? How much are you paying for a business card? So those type of things or, or even their eyes all lighting up, those things gave me some sort of a feedback whether... That's your market that's research. That's my market research and, and whether this is working or not. Um, I and you add your MVP for the market research, which also, which also makes sense. You can also, uh, in your case, do a lot yeah, of market yeah. research with the MVP. So I think uh, those are crucial uh, steps to, to figure out what is working, what is not. The wrong thing to do is adding features. If it's not working, find out if, it, if the underlying problem solution works and what's the problem it's solving. 
adding a feature on top of it and complicating it is not the right approach. Yeah, so so let's go back. We, we launched the MVP, mm-hmm. and now what? So obviously we want to test the hypothesis. Yes. We want to test to see that the product is working. And this is where you might need to change on something. You mm-hmm. will probably need to change mm-hmm. on some mm-hmm. things because you will learn a lot from the initial traffic. You can also talk with your customers, potential customers, ask them what they like, what they didn't like, uh, and try to see where you need to make your changes. Uh, I think this is the most important step. So you have the MVP step. Uh, and the next natural step is for you to go out there and um, and, and introduce it, it yeah. or test it. But the next step, don't introduce too many features on top of it because you still want the agility. Even though MVP is done, it's not like black and white from lean MVP to all of a sudden a complete product. Now, now six months, let's go build the product. Now let's package it nicely, start getting it out there, get the beta users, increase the user base, and slowly test, 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 add more stuff on top. The, the stuff that you will add will already be from user feedback. Exactly. It's not going to be something exactly. I think that will work. Exactly. You'll see what users are doing, what they are not doing. You can also learn a lot what, by what they are not doing that you thought that today. Do you have an do. example from anywhere? On that. We do. We started with uh, only video calls in Vanyware. Mm-hmm. Only video calls, mm-hmm. uh, which coming to think about it sounds kind of weird now. But we thought, you know what? We tested the, the market research. People want to do video calls. And uh, we saw that uh, indeed like 25% are comfortable with video calls straight up. But 70 something percent, when they realize it's going to be video, they first hang up and then they're kind of hesitant. So we, we also knew that we needed to add a voice call option and a chat option. Uh, and we introduced those and we saw that indeed a lot of the people, when they want to have a call, they do a voice call first or they send a message first. Uh, and only around 20% do a video call straight up. So we learned a lot. We wow. started with video. We saw the value in, in video face-to-face being able to show something. Apparently, the, wow. the, the user didn't talk the same. Nice. So uh, I'm gonna give I mean, you that's my... something that we learned. And I'm glad that we didn't nice. include video and chat in the, in the MVP because then it would have been, okay, let's do video, let's do voice, let's do chat. It's too much, really. Nice. Um, I'm going to give you my example. Uh, we started with add to contact. The idea was there's your contact and go straight to the to the other person's phone. Number one feedback was like this is great, but more importantly, as a as a professional, we want to get the other person's contact as opposed to just give ours. And we quickly realized there's value in terms of having a form that that captures the other person's contact, and that came from the user. And I want to make a comment on that. The number one thing you you as a founder should do, be obsessive about your customers and live in their world. I do interviews with my customers almost weekly. I send out an email to the top 20 users that are active and I get two or three replies. I set up a 15 minute call and I have several questions I ask them because I want to know what's their life. What is the problem? And I think uh, it's underrated how important it is for a founder to be obsessed with the problem they're solving. And that, that never stops MVP after MVP, 
Even stop. after MVP, uh, the decision whether I should add feature or not, it's it's MVP mindset. Yeah. Even the features themselves are MVP based. Yeah. So uh, I, I might even want to develop a feature and I'll, I'll uh, develop, uh, you know, a test version of it. I will not develop the full on thing. I will develop a small uh, lean version of the feature, see how people are reacting and then decide, okay, now I need to um, do the, the bigger thing or not. Yeah. So, um, you know, what's funny uh, in terms of testing that feature. There's some games that, um, video games that have a uh, separate server called a public test region or a public test server where they'll push out different changes um, and people can go on there and then they'll have a dedicated place for all the gamers to come and yell at them. Whether they like, what they don't like, they'll put out full-on lists of like everything they've changed, why they've changed it, um, and then that'll be live for like two or three weeks and then they'll go through the process of testing each and every one of the changes and be like, okay, we've changed this, we've changed that again, this is what we reduced. And then after like three, four weeks, it goes live. Yeah. Um, so these are things that I think are good general business practices where you put the users first. Mm. You know, it's not always the case that the product will always be like you know um, putting the users first. But when you put the users first, you will be successful. I hundred percent agree. But I have a comment in terms of a big corporation that have a name for themselves. They can easily pull that off. But a small startup they don't have the user yeah, base to a b test yeah. and the biggest problem is they they create a product and there's nobody using it so it's really hard to get the first hundred first thousand people join so you can use it so it's super important if you go back to episode that we did on marketing it's i love that episode and allison got me to think about how um you can actually do zoom calls with your customers they hate surveys, but they love to tell you what the, what is wrong with your product and how you can improve it. And, and she taught me how to approach it. And I like it over surveys because sometimes at those small scales that you have 50 users or 100 users, you could be um, mis you you could confuse yourself further, but jumping on a call, you can dig deeper, ask yeah, questions. Yeah, you get way more in depth on a call than a survey. A survey is more about quantities, and also exactly. if you have you know thousands of users, survey might be a good option, yeah. but. Uh, it's likely that you will not have thousands yeah. of users uh, for your MVP, and that's why you should uh, uh, go deeper and talk with and clients. At MVP stage, um, if you are e-commerce, you have few customers. If you are SaaS services, you have few users. No matter what, if you have like 50 or 100 uh, users or customers, I would say you should know them by name and you should know a lot about them. They shouldn't be just a user or just a customer. You need to really know who these guys are and, and, and understand. Yeah, depending on your type of business, that's if, you're, true. if you're B2B, that's true. You maybe you need just one pilot yep. customer and that's uh, enough to start with or, or something like that. And right. if you're a consumer, maybe you need like a few dozen. Speaking of B2B, um, last night I got a chance to go on dinner with the G general manager of Ferrari Maserati dealership. He was the first person who believed in my product and he bought it for the dealership and right away I got to sell to five others. And he, you know, going on a dinner with him and sitting down and talking, that's valuable to me because instead of an email, I get two hours of asking him, does it work? Do you think I should change it? What do you see valuable? Um, relationships. I think this 
entire podcast is about building relationships, whether it's MVP to investor to anything else, those relationships come in rescue you in ways that you can't imagine. Yeah, absolutely. And it all comes back to that in the end of the day. I so. think so too. I think so too. So to wrap it up, uh, do you want to have actionable stuff that people can take away? Yeah, I think we, we mentioned everything. Keep it lean. Know uh, your budget. Super important. Decide on your platform based on uh, your uh, target market. Beside, decide on the best platform and only build there. Uh, don't do an app if you don't have to and you probably don't have to. Uh, try to go web and uh, Allocate at least uh, another fifty uh, percent of your budget into fixes and you know learning from the mistake, uh, user feedback, adjusting, and and go from there. I'm gonna leave the audience with a thought, and that is we have as as a business owner or as a as a founder, you have to be a step ahead of everybody else in order to succeed. If you are doing exactly what everybody else is doing, you're always falling behind. There's so many tools out there. And you are guaranteed that you're going to fall behind if you don't use Kickstarter, if you don't use these platforms. If you have e-commerce, Kickstarter, do the traction MVP. If you have a SaaS product, do a landing page. What get is some a user. Kickstarter MVP? So, so Kickstarter would be you have a product, uh, you do the video marketing and, and problem solution, but you don't actually go order hundreds of them and, and have inventory. You do a video and you have... Yeah, I mean... It's, I mean, from my experience, Kickstarter is more for like physical uh, I'm product. talking about physical. Okay. So if you want to do an MVP on a physical yeah. product, yeah. go on Kickstarter. Yeah. It's, it's stupid for someone in 2020 to go order 500 products from China because they think they're going to sell it. Yeah. Do a Kickstarter. In SaaS products, um, do other ways, plug in, you know, yeah, different things. Not necessarily even a Kickstarter, but test it on a small scale. You can also get pre-orders right now. A lot of uh, exactly. companies are starting with pre-orders before they even producing anything. Just because it makes sense, you can always cancel pre-order. Yeah. You can always refund the customer in the worst case. But uh, your biggest enemy at this stage is your own biases. Yeah. And, and as you said, that is a way to prevent yourself from overspending. You don't need to order 500 pieces from China uh, until you have proven something, until you have proven that there is a demand for it with your exactly. MVP. And MVP can be also a pre-order page, a landing page, a website with pre-order. And, and that's it. Even if it's a software, by the way, not just for hardware. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nick, do you have any questions? Um, no, but I just remembered actually, um, there was a diagram our uh, professor showed us uh, when it came to like the MVP. And it's like, so let's say your, your product is building a car. You're not going to start with a car. You're going to start with, you know, the wheel already exists, so start with a skateboard. Make the skateboard work, figure out the minimum for that. So that's stage one. Stage two is turn it into a scooter. Right, figure out how to like find the right metal or whatever to make that stand. From there, you go to a motorcycle. Right now, you don't have to, you don't want your users to work. And from motorcycle, add two motorcycles together, and you have a car. So it's kind of like keeping that in mind, which I think is applicable to a lot of things. Because even outside of business, for a lot of my school projects, it was always we want to do this, but how can we make it work with the easiest possible way that yeah. we can still do what achieve our goal? So, Absolutely, uh, I think this is. This works well for a lot of other things too. Absolutely. Cool. 
I think awesome. we're going to wrap it up for this week. And uh, thanks for joining us. Have a great uh, day. Every Tuesday, you can join us and watch Hunter Podcast. We're on YouTube, on uh, all your favorite uh, podcast platforms, Spotify, Anchor, and um, Apple Podcasts. Oh, Apple Podcasts. coming out after Thanksgiving. So. And happy Thanksgiving with our belated Thanksgiving, I guess. If, <laughs> if you're in Canada, happy Thanksgiving. If you're in the US, uh, the that's next, next month we'll, <laughs> exactly. we'll say to you too we're gonna have a different topic next week yeah we'll, we'll go from there we'll figure out something for next week awesome all right bye bye, bye.